everybody, it's Peps, and tonight we have our final 2022 season preview, and we've left second best till last, and I'm talking <laughs> about the Western Bulldogs. Will 2022 be the year where the dogs chomp down on another premiership success, or will they be running away with their tail between their legs? I don't have the answers. But I've reached out into the western part of Melbourne and I've been able to grab the amazing Luke Parker. He joined us on the show a couple of weeks ago. Luke, welcome to Lace House. Hey, Pep. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And it's actually nice to have you at the time. Mm. This was the actual proper time that we're supposed to do it. Yes. Not yes. I messed yeah. up time. <laughs> hey, I've got to tell you, uh, it has been two weeks into the season and we've had a few things to get this last one booked, but... You're probably going to tell me, you, I know, but you didn't see the Western Bulldogs starting the season like they no. have, especially after what happened last week. No, did not, did not see a slower start to the season. I think you, yeah, I think, I think after every offseason, every, every supporter of every team probably comes in thinking, okay, pretty clear issues that need to be addressed over the offseason. You know, you put your trust in, in coaches and, and your, your club to, to address them. Um, even, even, even thinking, you know, even looking at the notes I made sort of two weeks ago before the start of the season, a lot of it remains the same, which is concerning when you're you're two weeks into a season and you're still thinking the same things you thought at the end of the season prior. Yep. Uh, probably a good thing I didn't write my notes at the end of the, the exact end of last season because they would have been much more scathing. I think after a couple of months to get my head around it, but uh. You know, even even looking at even looking at the first things that came to mind, uh, looking at areas for improvement around the ground, jump out straight away. Um, although I think I think the second half against Carlton probably showed the the first set of improvement that needed to happen. I think there was a definite definite switch flicked somewhere yep. in there, uh, but couldn't couldn't get it done. I think. But you should have you should have won that game. What did you get in the last quarter? Game. One six. Two in goals the last? seven. Two goals Two seven. seven. Yep, I actually went and checked it just before. So, as as the saying goes, bad kicking is bad football, Peps. Oh, and trust me, uh, when J Dog gets on in uh, a couple of nights, he's going to be talking about bad football is bad kicking, bad everything when it comes to Port Adelaide. Oh, but yes, yeah. exactly right. When you when you have as many opportunities as you had on that uh, Thursday night against Carlton. And considering how depleted mm. your forward line is, because, you know, one of the big things I've, I've said is that the toughest thing that you're going to have to do with, to win a flag is do it without a second key forward. And yes. no matter how much the astronaut and everybody on the pod loves the nought, mm. you got to see him live for the first time on the, on the, the grand final uh, rematch. Yep. He is an absolute gun. He's there's a, a, bit, star, of, there's a bit of love me do about him, but I tell you what, yep. he is an absolute gun. And the problem is, is that, they're constantly going to him, which is great, but he doesn't have that second foil. So he's always doesn't going to be having foil. two, three against him. He just mm. doesn't have enough support at ground level. I know Katie Waitman, he's still young, but outside of that, that's the small forward brigade uh, that mm. a lot of the other teams have. You just don't. So I put so much pressure on the Bont uh, yeah, and Dunkley and McRae and Trelaw to, to kick those extra probably four or five a game that you, mm. your forward Bruce and a couple of the smaller ones would be able to do. I think it's, that's that's the biggest challenge that I see you guys having in 2022 is what what are you going to do with only one major key forward and who can you throw down there? Absolutely, I think I think it's it's funny you mentioned the small forwards. I know I made some notes after the after the grand final rematch that we got pretty much nothing from the small forwards. Not only in terms of goals, but rather other than sort of Waitman's one on the siren, but even in terms of pressure, like three tackles between them between Vandermeer, Vandermeer, Hannon, and Waitman gave us three tackles, which is a pretty big indictment on their forward pressure. Uh, I think there was an improvement there against Carlton the week after. Like, Hannon bobbed up some pretty good marks, a couple of goals. So there was an improvement there. I think, I, I mean, looking at it, uh, like, even even again, looking at my notes from preseason, you know, further improvement, at, especially at centre-half forward, was going to be quite a big deal. You know, how yep. do you provide a foil or, a, or an outlet for Norton I think at this point we, I think the dogs need to play Jamari Hagen yep. for just the majority him. of the season. Just play him. I think even yep. even if he physically isn't quite there, there's nothing to lose from playing him for the majority of the season. No. 
just put, put games uh, to him. Get him off. So listen, mate, get off Insta. Get, him. get yep. off Insta. Get on the park Specials and just play. And, get the pill in your hands. He can play. It's just going to take a bit of time for yeah. him to, to get his feel. Oh, I don't know I the last key forward outside of Jesse Hogan, who was the last one in their first year to, to pretty much do something. That's it. And, so and Hugo Hagen's run into the AFL was pretty heavily affected by COVID as well, being in, in the final year before his draft. Yep. Came around, he didn't play much football, which is going to have an impact on not only his game, but also his fitness base, which is probably why he didn't play much last year. But I think at this point, when, you're, when the cupboard's starting to look pretty bare, uh, I mean, another solution to that is playing another Ruckman, which I, I, I'm not sure why Beveridge hasn't. Has it brought is in Lutton Is Bevo stubborn? Because he doesn't, you know, there were, there were games last year, and I remember when you played the Ds uh, north of the border last year, and there was a game where Dunkley was rucking against yes, that is uh, very... Jackson at one stage. And yep. I'm like, what is, what is classic, going on here? Classic uh, Bevo. He doesn't think... play Martin in English. He did it in the grand final last year, but outside of that. I think, I think just... Bevo has a, I, I would almost term it a disrespect for the rucks position i think yep. which which in in fairness looking at the midfield he has and the bulldogs midfield is quite adept at sharking opposition taps that's one thing they've always been excellent at so he probably has a little bit more freedom there and when it works it's one of those things that when it works it seems a master stroke because we have that extra runner or there's an extra toll when it doesn't work the midfield gets exposed quite heavily as like even the last two weeks petraka got off the leash against carlton cripps got off the leash uh and you wonder if some of that is down to rucking, whether it's down to tagging or lack of a tag, lack of checking in the midfield, positioning, any of those things. Uh, but I, I do think I do think that looking looking at last year, the dogs seemed at their best with two ruckmen, because then you would have English either resting forward and clunking them and kicking goals, or dropping a kick back behind, uh, you know, one kick behind the play, being able to cut cut off interceptors, which would have helped greatly against say Ben Brown. Yep, if we'd had sort of an extra toll in there to intercept. Uh, so I think, I think a lot of the dog's issues in the moment are personnel. First and I think and also, you've also got another young bloke who's unfortunately can't get on the park because he's had a bit of surgery, Mr. Sam Darcy. Like, he would have been perfect mm. at this particular time to go, hey, you know what? We might not play you forward. We might throw you down at centre half back and just, just control yes. that particular area. Because Alex Keith, it's almost Aaron Norton-esque, but at the other end, he has to take on the big monster. He does. Which he didn't he does. think he would. He would need to need to do. He needs some help down there as well too. He does. I think. I think Keith is also a little bit out of form. Definitely at the moment as well. Uh, he he seems to be a player who, if he was five centimeters taller, he'd be just an incredible. Like he'd be the perfect fullback. Yep. You know, he's clearly got the the kind of general brain. Very good at marshalling the troops. Very good at identifying when to go, when to, when to stay out. Yep. But then the problem is, is when he's got to take on a monster that might outsize him. Sometimes he just gets beaten by size, plain and simple. I think that, you know, that that that's been it. That's been a feature of AFL football for decades, and it's never going to go away. Ultimately, if you're giving up five centimeters and ten kilos to the bloke you're playing on, they're going to beat you in. Especially, especially when the dog's midfield is struggling to put on pressure when they're turning yep. it over in the corridor. High ball comes in, or if that player gets on the lead, you're not stopping them. Yeah, and uh, it is. You are right because if he's He's lighter and shorter. He needs to have another string to his bow. So he needs to be faster or he needs to be able to read the ball, read what's going up down the ground. I think ground, he, I think he reads better. it quite well. Yeah. That's where I say the out of form part comes in. He did have an injury preseason that I wonder if maybe is still he had a he had a shin injury, a shin yeah. issue preseason uh during a practice match, which I wonder may still be hampering hampering him through these early weeks of the season. But again, yeah. can't can't play, you know, can't rest him. Because there's no one to play in his stead. Tim O'Brien should be back in this week for his so debut the, in a dog jumper, which may help. Oh, I think he, I think that's a great pickup for you guys. Absolutely, like he, he's I, not he's not a, he's not a small unit. He's a young bloke, can take a grab. We all saw that last year. And he's he's a great kick too. I think when I when I watched some highlights after the announcement, I, I thought him to be quite a good kick yep. for someone who will be playing that taller intercepting role. Which and in Beveridge's system, that's. He, that's oh, what he wants him. out of his defenders. He wants oh, defenders yeah. that are excellent users of the pill to set up the attacks further down the ground. Well, he is he is one ninety three centimeters, so that's going to be a mm. massive help to Alex Keith, who's sitting at one ninety seven. Yes. So to have a couple of bit more tall timber, that just means that yep. your, your second string defender gets to go to the thirds. 
third goes to the fourth, and it just That's sort it. of filters down a little bit, meaning that you're the player that you're able to work against is probably more to your capabilities than having to play yes. one role up. And Absolutely. It, I know it sounds easy, but it's not. There are players who are just better than others. And if anyone's ever played football, whether it's even at a suburban level or a professional level, you just know there's you have two people exactly the same height, et cetera, same weight, but they're just a skill level is one better. You can't match them. So you have to try something different. And if it's not working, you need that extra bet to come in to then get you to go back to someone who's who's at your level capability-wise, et cetera. So That's if it. you get Tim O'Brien in, uh, it, you know there'll be a, definitely a change in personnel. Like one of uh, one of Cordy or Gardner would come out of the side. I think in that case, yep. Um, I would lean towards Gardner. Yep. Uh, I think Wally, like he definitely has some physical tools. I'm not sure if, from what I've seen of him, I'm not sure if he's quite up to the standard as yet. I'm not saying okay. not not writing the guy off by any means. I oh, I think write. you are. <laughs> I, I, okay, look, I'm trying to maintain a perspective here that he nah, has played good, many more AFL games than I have. I have played precisely zero <laughs> AFL games, and I've never been on an AFL list. So he's already kind of ahead of me. In some he's ahead time. of both of us, let's be honest. <laughs> he's got us covered. Look, I, I personally would, would like a setup of Keith, specifically in the back half, would like a setup of Keith O'Brien Cordy yep. and see how that goes. Because I think Cordy has a lot of value. Like Cordy was excellent against Carlton, for example. Yep. He was. Playing and in then- the back half. And he is capable of that. Uh, you know, he's a, ironically, he's a premiership center half forward. And yet you would, uh, I definitely prefer him in the back line. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, even look, even looking at my notes, like that, that was another area of the ground I identified as being a possible problem is center half back. Like Shaki had played center half back last year, done some nice things. I mean, even maybe Shaki rather than Cordy, maybe the go, because he did train there over the off season. Uh, What's going Shaki on with Shaki? Where do you like? He's almost. Sure. Uh, is he going to be one of these players that's going to play really well at a VFL level, but just cannot find a spot or just cannot bring it to the next, to that AFL, to the AFL color? We saw him take out Aliyah earlier in a prelim last year, mm. which was astonishing the way he played mm. that game. He was in and incredible off, form. And he was. Yeah. I think, I think my, my read on Shaki is that he needs a role to play. Yep. Not so much a maybe at a VFL level he can play his own game and he shines, but I think at AFL level he definitely needs a role to play. I think giving him a job and just a just a simple here's what I need you to do, here's how you achieve your goal. Give him that and he he'll do it. And yep. that's why he looked to be in such good form. I think there was a moment there was a moment against Melbourne, sort of later in the piece when the dogs were maybe kind of maybe it was the last roll of the dice to get back into the game. He's gathered the ball maybe 45 out from goal. And rather than try and put himself in a position to take a shot, he goes to hand it off in a really yes, bad yep. situation. They call when that the Ben Simmons moment. The ben, he had a Ben Simmons night? moment. He yeah, had a Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons moment. moment. And I think that I, I obviously watching that game, I was maybe a little heightened in that I really wanted to really wanted the Bulldogs to win. And it was not looking likely. However, I think I said to, I said to some friends I was there with that it highlighted a lack of instinct almost. Mm-hmm. It was like, that was a killer instinct moment. He had to yeah. he had to instinctively know the right call to make there. Maybe he did, and the pressure made him go another way. But ultimately, like I said, my read on Shaq is that if you give him a role to play, he seems to thrive, and that's why he had good form playing off center half back or across half back. Whereas when he goes forward, he struggles at times. Yeah, well, uh, that makes total sense. Yeah, that that may be the read. I've even seen him play on a wing and and do quite well. Like he's got an incredible tank for a bigger player. Uh, that's pretty well known. So that's it's it. Maybe it's like just why, it, yeah, it's almost like why he did really well against Port last year in that final because he had a role. I just want you to do this, and he might that's be it. just one of those players that just needs to be told, just do this, and, and that's that's all we want you to focus on. And that maybe yeah, some players are like that. Like you know, some players thrive on playing a role, being given a job to do, going out there doing their job for that 120 minutes. Uh, so other players play on instinct and are better off left to their instincts. So I think I think Shaki falls into that into that camp definitely. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, look, it's a problem that that Bevo needs to solve. I think is is the spine. Like my my notes here are the spine. So now, like not not necessarily full back and full forward because you have Norton and Keith at both ends, yep. and I think that's quite settled. Probably center half back, ruck, center half forward are a big part of the issues plaguing the Dogs at present. English has definitely been in good form. 
he's de- he's definitely put to, he's he's been playing quite well. Like I have no complaints about English. I think the problem is is that he needs a second, yeah. or he needs to be the second himself. You know what he needs? He needs a beard. He needs a tat. <laughs> he needs something. He's just he just can someone just ruffle up his hair? He's almost like too perfect for, when he runs out onto the field. For 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 a player that big. I, I do agree. Actually, he he would do a little bit better to throw his size around a little more. I've noticed in ruck contests, he I'm not sure with his ruck with his rucking. I think he is too conscious of the opposition ruckman's position to actually play on the ball. That's sure. a yep. very very oddly specific thing that was pointed out to me that I then looked at. Where whether I don't know, I wouldn't put it down to a fear of contact because I've seen him go for contested marks. He clearly doesn't mind that. I think started last year. He was. He was up forward and he was clunking. Yeah, he was clunking them. He was kicking goals. He obviously doesn't mind a bit of that. I just wonder if he, and and it maybe like it's pretty it's pretty well documented about English. Yeah, he had his growth spurt quite late in life, like quite late as a teenager. So maybe he's still getting used to that idea that he is going to be taller than the vast percentage of ruckmen that he'll ever come up against. And you may as well impose yourself in the air, especially when you're over two hundred centimeters. Probably time to impose yourself in the air. So. Obviously, Ruck, maybe, but maybe that's also something that's solved by playing, you know, Sweet or Martin. And then at center half forward, obviously, we need a foil to Norton, which maybe may well be Yugel Hagen. It may be that if another Ruckman comes in, you have a second Ruckman start at center half forward and rotate throughout the game. There are, there are options there. The, the cupboard is, yeah. is starting to look a little bare, but I think there are still options that Bebo hasn't tried yet. I think, I think it's looking bare, <coughs> but you're looking in the wrong cupboard. Maybe it. Well, yeah. If I was a coach, and I'm only looking by what we are saying here, I'd bring in Sweet, throw him into the rack. Okay? I would be playing Sweet as it's well. It's either him yeah. or Martin, right? Now, if you're going to play Martin, you have to play Sweet because when things don't go well, you're going to have to. You're going to need that. You're going to need experience to come in and at least right the ship temporarily. I would leave English down forward. Yes. I would also have the Nort doing what he does. Just Nort, you've got free yep. reign. Whatever you want to do, do it. Yeah. And then I'd have. Yugel Hagen as that up the ground type of leading player. Yeah, Just absolutely. Having a third, at least have a because at the moment back lines are walking down and going, okay, you're on Nort, you're on Waitman. That's it. Everyone else. That's it. Just, yep. If you walk down and go, okay, all right, someone's got to go on Norton. We need someone tall on English. Someone has to look after Waitman. Somebody has to look after because Hannon's Hannon's a bit of a handful as well too. It was the same yes. when he was at Melbourne. Like he's he's. He's someone that's just going to have a crack every week. He found a, quite a bit of form against Carlton, I thought. Like he had obviously that fantastic grab. He had that excellent goal that he kicked. He contributed around the ground. Like, yeah, Hannon. Hannon has. He, you're right. He is a handful. He is a handful. He's a handful. So at least you know you got five there, where previously you had two. So make yeah. it more difficult. And if it doesn't work, you can't say that you you didn't try. You didn't try. And, yes. And then from a backline perspective, you've got um, you got Keith down there. You've also got, I forgot his name, you mentioned him before. Uh, to come in, O'Brien? Or O'Brien, okay, O'Brien. so you've got two tall timbers there. We have, have, have Keith O'Brien, one of Cordy, Gardner, Shacky. Yep. I'm, I would have a crack at maybe, oh, do you reckon Shacky could come off a half-back well, one? Well, that's the thing I think is if you've got O'Brien and Keith there yep. doing their roles, that probably does free up Shacky a little more to play maybe as an interceptor. And Shaki is a good kick of the pill. Like he fits that criteria. Of he's a good user of the football. He's typically, funnily enough, even though before we were talking about what he made a very poor decision, I I thought at the end of last year behind, you know, kind of playing behind the ball, he was actually a good decision maker. Yeah. Uh, he would find targets. He would make the right call. So one of the three probably ends up in that third tall role, which is essentially what we're saying. Where you identify your third tall. Then you have uh, Bailey Dale. Coming got, off the All Australian, you've also yep. got the other All Australian and BNF, the uh, five foot two Tasmanian with the flared pants, Caleb Daniel. Yep, yep. Who is South just Austra- South Australian, Caleb? I know, he? but I had to. I had to go the Boonie reference. Go, go the Boonies, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Actually, yeah, I didn't catch but, that in time. That's my fault. <laughs> that's all right. No, but, but he's from South Australia. He's got a yep. lethal foot. Now you've got some. Yes. You've got some substance, and then you've got a midfield like a, we, we, you don't even have to go. Oh, and I also no. forgot Taylor Duray down there. Down Duray, well too. yeah, you got Doc, who is again excellent. At the end of oh. back end of last year, like we're spoiled, we are the dogs are spoiled for choice at halfback, especially where you've got Dale, Daniel, Bailey Williams, who has had an all Australian season in and of his own. And look, Williams is again Williams was really really bad. 
and I stopped myself from saying something much worse there in the Melbourne game where he had an AFL record six goals kicked off his turnovers, which is why he got dropped. But he came back in against Carlton and found some form. Straight away found some form. You're entitled to have a bad night. Uh, I think that's the thing. You're entitled to have a bad night. It's just that you just can't get your quality on the ground at the moment. It's tough. It is tough. And I think without something to kick two forwards, a consistent problem I'm noticing with the dogs launching off half back is without, again, like we've been saying, without that second toll, without another, without a, a solid center half forward, they find themselves in situations where they have no one to kick to. And they have to either hold on to the ball for too long or handball it around, which creates opportunities for a holding the ball or a turnover. And then it comes into an undersized defense where, yep. you know, the problems feed themselves. They're, they're almost cyclical in nature at times. But I want to focus on one thing, though, because outside of all those negatives, which has taken up about the first 20 minutes of yeah, yeah, spoken yeah. about. Oh, we got, we got out of the way. You've got you know? a midfield that oh. once that thing is humming, very difficult to stop. And yes. I don't think they have been humming. They hummed for a really good portion of the first game. They mm. hummed for a bit of a portion in the second game. Both those times, like you said, bad kicking is bad football. Yes. You get four goals up on the Ds and Melbourne and then it did their usual trick and came back. And I shouldn't say yep. a trick, but they just got that belief and they just got yep. up to what it was. It was so much of a mirror of the grand final. Like, it was. It was Across very, the board. Cracking game. Strange. And then last week, if you'd kick straight, you would have taken out, but. That's it. You can't look down, and I know the record is zero and two at the moment. You do have a tough one coming up this week as well, Thursday yes. night. But when you have a look at this, you've got thing. You've got, and I'm just running through some names here. You've got Libba, you've got mm-hmm. Trelaw, you've got Crozier has actually been a really good pickup since you've brought him in. Yes, McRae, Hunter, the Bont. Um, you got Josh Dunkley on there as well too. You've got. You know, I've got a bit of a sweet spot. I think Ed Richards has been. Not too shabby Richards, in the first couple of yes, weeks. Yes, I have Richards down been, as a bit of a breakout player this year. a bit year, of a I breakout. Think. You've got... Bailey Smith, who hasn't oh, played. Oh, have we got Smithy? Got a really solid, deep midfield. It's just, unfortunately, mm. you've got all your cards here and you're sort of flaking on the outside. You'd rather have more of an even spread. Yes. But yeah, unfortunately, you haven't been able to just through injuries and so Very, very midfield heavy. But it, but again, like, we, like we've identified, rocking being an issue. But I think the other one is, I think what's, what's really jumped out of me with the midfield's problem at the moment is and again, I'm not sure if it's a if it's a coaching issue or just a setup issue or whatever. But you know, against Melbourne, Petraka got off the leash. Against Carlton, Cripps got off the leash. We are for whatever reason, whether whether it's whether it's not tagging, that might be it. it. Might be a pretty pretty consistent messaging in coaching of let's play offensively in the middle. Uh, more often than not, the ball's coming out too easy. That's that's probably it, unfortunately. Like the, all those players, obviously excellent, brilliant players, an incredible midfield. But at times, the ball comes out far too easily, and that's what makes me think it's more of a coaching issue. Uh, yeah, because because I think I think like 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 you said with the even spread, it's excellent to have you know Bontepelli, Delaw, McRae, Libba, Hunter, even Bailey Smith, all these guys running through your midfield. But if they can't get their hands on the pill. Yeah. Going to be largely ineffective. It can well, also be that it's just unfortunately not having the talent who knows what to do down back. Mm-hmm. If they're mm-hmm. not all there, you're getting people who are not they're familiar with the system, mm. but they're not familiar with the actual um, execution of that system down back. So yes. they're more worried about almost, okay, am I doing the right thing rather than have I got my team around? And it, it is going to make it tough. So once they sort of come back and they get to gel a bit more, like your team last year, when they got to gel with each other, it's going to work. Yes. You've got a couple of things, though, against you, which is hard. You're the fourth oldest list in the league, which is mm. tough. Which is quite surprising considering yeah, they played the youngest side in the AFL multiple times last year. Like, I, that's... I didn't even know that they were the fourth oldest list, which surprises me. Knowing that, uh, I I should have I should have actually written down the exact weeks, but there was a couple of weeks last year where they played where Bevo played the youngest side in the AFL. Yeah. Well, you've got nine players, twenty nine or older. Now, mind you, if we drop Stephen mm. Martin's third, five year old five year gap between him and Taylor Jaray, that's going to bring yes. it down significantly. Right? Yes, yes. But if you have a look at some of those names, you got Jaray, Keith, mm. Key Pillar. Mm-hmm. Libba, I'll talk about him in a moment. Josh Bruce, mm-hmm. you miss him big yeah, time, you know that. we do miss Bruce. Mitch Wallace, I have to ask about him. Yep. Jason Johannesson, 
Trelaw. Yep. Okay. Okay. Out of all of those. But even then, how many? I, I think the thing I would point to there is I'd say how many played. So JJ's yet to play a game this year. Yep. Martin is yet to play a game this year. Yep. Keith Wallace obviously hasn't is. played a game. Wallace year. hasn't played a game. Bruce hasn't played a game. Martin hasn't played a game. And Martin. Yep. So, so, so I think I think the 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 dog's age profile can be deceptive at times, and because we it's weighted quite heavily because of Martin, one player weights like he's thirty five. It's not old. like the Geelong age profile. It's not a Geelong age not, profile. I not think it's yeah, not a retirement profile. home coming yeah, out. You've got way too few yes. in the thirty year old black bracket. You probably need to times that by about yes. four, and then you're in the window. Yes, and I, I think I think it does show because they they do trot out a younger team, and I think there are younger players in a lot of important not key positions in terms of the spine but in terms of where you need players to contribute like the small forwards outside of hannon vandermeer and waitman are both you know i think wait i think vandermeer is 22 yep and waitman is 21 so they're, they're quite young, young yeah there. no you're right you're wait, they're, they're young 21 there. yep Vandermeer is 23. Someone's done their research. I like this. Actually, that was off the top Luki. of my head too. That was a. That was actually. That was a total guess. I'm going to be honest. Well, with you, you know what? That was if a this vague, was the price like, right, if this was in? the prices right, you have won the holiday yeah. for four to Fiji. Excellent. I've, Love I've that. I've got to ask you about two. Two though. Yeah, Josh Bruce. Yep. Like, oh, sensational. Him. Just it, it just sucks the fact that he's down there. When is, when's the sort yeah. of return looking for him? Late season. That's late, late season. season. So if you get last I heard. You basically just need to be in some sort of position need to, to, be in a position to make to finals. Yes. To, and then bring him back. Okay. And then bring him back. With all your forward troubles, why can't Mitch Wallace get a game? Like he's a favorite. Yeah. Jamie and I on the Lace Out Podcast Big every fans, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on our Facebook page, Lace Out Podcast, broadcasting live. He's a big favorite of ours. Why Very can't this guy, if you've got goal kicking issues, he was, a, he was your goal mm. kicker, uh, leading goal kicker two seasons ago. How can he yeah. not? Has he got photos or something? I always wonder. I think it's tough with Wallace. I think, obviously, yeah, leading goal kicker in 2020, only not that long ago in football terms even, uh, kind of fell into no man's land. I think I wondered if it was always more of a, like, Wallace, Wallace, excellent medium forward, but wasn't really giving much else, wasn't really fitting into the midfield mix, doesn't have a lot of pace, so can't lay a lot of pressure forward of the ball. Yep. But that said, when we're when the dogs are struggling for... Because I think really, I think a lot of their struggle is is up forward is marking rather yep. than they tend to pounce on loose balls quite well, kick a lot of goals from open play, and Wallace also an excellent set shot as well. Yes, like pretty you could you could trust him, which is another big problem with the Bulldogs as we saw oh. against Carlton and has been a problem for geez, I twenty fifteen, you know when when Beveridge took over, probably before that. I, I the the Bulldogs set shot kicking has been a problem for as long as I can remember. I, I can't remember a time where I ever felt comfortable and safe when we're, you know, lining up for a key set shot, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not sure. I, I wonder if it's, a, if it's more of a what can Wallace offer when he's not marking and kicking goals type situation. Look, I think, and I, I look, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a Dogs fan that doesn't love Mitch Wallace. Uh, he's one of your kind of, he's your heart and soul kind of player. You know, he wears number oh, three. Every club's like got that's, one. Every club's got one. That's unfortunately, quite a, quite they're the ones team. heart and soul. Mm. Only gets you so far. I just think that if, if it's not working, why why can't you try someone? Why can't just, you try something different? Just, listen, I'm going to play for the next four weeks. Blow me out of the water, okay? So show me yeah. what you can do. Here's, Otherwise, here's we're going to have to have a conversation. Bevo, Bevo is stubborn. I, I think that is my that is definitely part of my perception. And and obviously, love Bevo, as every Dogs fan does. Uh, but But he can be stubborn at times with persisting, persisting with things that seemingly don't work. Uh, some there have been times where look there have been times where Bevo has clowned me where I'm like, like Bailey Dale is a perfect example. I didn't think he would succeed at halfback, and even said it to my said it to my friends like, don't see it working out. And then a season later, he's an All Australian and was incredible. And I looked like quite a fool. Uh, I think I had oh, Bailey I'm Williams. Quite a few people in the Western Bulldogs well. community did look like fools yeah. if you asked them the same thing. Yeah. I uh, I looked quite a fool. I think at one point I had Bailey Bailey Williams pretty much written off, and the next season he. Yeah, it's my mates have actually called it the loot curse. Where if I ever, if I ever kind of go, I don't think this guy's up to it. Uh, all Australia, you could book them in for an All Australian about a year later. So hopefully Ryan Gardner comes along. Uh, nice. He's got twenty. He's got twenty-one games to go. Uh, we'll see. But um, what's, what's yeah, the worst so that can happen. Exactly right. Oh, yeah, that's it. But I think with Wallace, I think you're right. I think it's. I think it's. He's a guy you look at and go, maybe it's worth 
trying something. And and there are look, there are some other great path forward flankers waiting in the wings too in the VFL side. I really like the look of Arthur Jones. Ooh, okay. Tell uh, us about Arthur Jones, because that's the first time I've even so, saw his name and he's got uh, zeros everywhere at the moment. Yep. 18 years of age, a yep. 179, uh, 65 pegs. So it doesn't on the stat sheet doesn't seem it. You know, you look no. at his height, look at his look at measurements, does not you think, oh, he seems like he's a bit far off. I think yep. uh you know like, you know, you say off-season, you go to a club's tracky match and you see a guy who you've never heard of, clubs just picked him up and you go, oh, a bit of a player there. You think there's something to it. But outside of Arthur Jones, uh, Dominic Bedendo as well gets to play an yeah. AFL game and has, and has, impressed, has impressed me quite a bit at VFL level. So there are, there are options. The cupboard seems bare in places, but there are other places where there is a bit of freedom to try something. Uh, Riley Garcia is due back from an ACL about mid-year. Toby McLean is a huge loss uh, and would perfectly would perfectly slot into one of those positions. Yep. Uh, you've got Riley West. Hanging yeah, another one. Well. Another one who's apparently, according to his dad, the coach doesn't like. Him, so. <laughs> yeah, the the yeah, I remember the the, the joint the joint Facebook account was uh, a <laughs> not a, a smart thing to do. No, no uh, you should never have joint accounts. No social banking no. anything. I mean, you it's, learn uh, from that, people. He, look, Riley, Riley has shown something. Riley has shown something at AFL level, so he's waiting in the wings as well. So there are there are chances there, um, and I think I, you're right. To, to get back to our point, you're right. I agree with you. It is it is probably time for Bevo to be looking at something different. Hopefully, yeah. is JJ coming back into that half forward line? I think will will help set the ship. Is he, quite is he a bit. better? Is he like he's one of Norm Smith as a half yeah, flanker? He though. has, but that was that was. Seven years ago, to I keep know. it in perspective, he's he's older now. I think, but but he's played some great games off half forward, and right now that's where we need him. Like you look at like like we were just saying about the the litany of all Australian halfback flankers at the Bulldogs, almost too many to play in one side. When you've got Crozier, Duray, like again to listen, Crozier, Duray, Dale, Daniel, Williams, yep. Richards. That's six. Yep. That is yep. six AFL standard halfback flankers. Oh, you're not going to add, team. Yeah. yeah, and you're not going to, which well, I mean, which is a very Bevo thing. I've added like everyone getting a run off half back, but then you're not going to add JJ into that mix as well. You're better off utilizing him somewhere else where he's shown something forward. A lot of pace, knows where the goals are, and it's a mature head, which is the other thing the forward line lacks is maturity. So is that uh, a concern for you? Like normally at this particular moment in time, I'm going, what gets you excited? And I think you've told me about you know a couple of the record mm-hmm. reaches where mm-hmm. they're the players that you look at. You mentioned. Um, Arthur Jones, you mentioned Dominic Benendo, the ones Benendo. that you see them running around going, yep. who are those kids? And you have to pull out the record to figure yeah, out who they yeah. are. So you've got a couple of upsides there. A couple of upsides. What you, what's, what's the biggest concern outside of, outside of manpower? Because that's a little bit mm. out of your control. Mm. You can't really do much mm. about that. if. Mm. But is, do you have a concern with play style? Do you have a bit of concern with coaching? Do you have a bit of concern with the list itself mm. for this year? Uh, I think, so looking at the list to go through them backwards. So the list, obviously we've talked about, I think there is, there is a definite lack of key position depth because you have, like at one end you have like Keith, who is quite older, you know, Brian is due to come on, Martin's quite old, and Bruce, all older guys, and also some of, three of that four not playing at the moment, which doesn't help. But then the other the other end of the spectrum, you have Eugle Hagen, who is obviously now just at the, the dawn of his career. Maybe this is the first time he gets an extended run of games. Yep. You have Sam Darcy, who would be, if he was ready to go, two years older and ready to go, would be a godsend. But obviously right now has just had a surgery needs to develop and then develop into his body a little more as well to get yep. to AFL level. Uh, Norton is obviously killing it. But to keep Norton in perspective, he's quite young as well. Only 22. 22. And as the conventional wisdom with key position players goes, they it don't. A bit longer. It takes a little bit longer. I think Norton is a is somewhat of an outlier in that he his first season at full back was incredible. He did quite well in our BNF. Was playing full back at eighteen years old, then switched forward and showed an, an incredible prowess for that I mean, too. Yeah. Still coming on. Still he's still he, which is a scary thought. He's say, still from coming perspective, on. Luke, he is sexy to watch. Oh, he's fantastic. Just, he could just. He's the type of player that when you're seeing the ball come down, you're like, Where's, where is he? Yeah, where is he? Where What's he going to do? Like, he? something's going to happen here. Exactly uh, right. Because he, he just flies and he's mm. he's not afraid to take his marks. 
That's nope. the thing. And he gets quite high, but he takes them on his chest. He, uh, there was one night, there was one on, against the Ds where he sort of dropped it in front. It was almost like a double grabber. He sort of mm. dropped it in front and then dropped it into his and chest. Pulled it in. It, pulled it in. He's also that quite good at ground level as arc. well. His his ground level play is super oh, underrated. Yeah. I think that's I think that is a that shows his defender DNA. Yep. When the ball hits the deck, he swoops. I I have I can't remember a time I've seen kind of a player that big, a key position player, be so adept when the ball hits. Oh, the he's deck a super. to recover so fast. It's and he's like that's that closing speed you get as a defender. Uh, outside of that. Uh, obviously, Ruck is an issue in terms of list. Also, in terms of development, looking to the future, where English is quite young and should expect to be. You should, we hopefully, you know, there's a bit of talk about one of the WA clubs offering him a big contract. Assuming he sticks around, uh, you probably need to look at developing Sweet, which is why you should get a run of games. You know, I think Tom Boyd's retirement is what hurt that the most. Oh, don't get me stuck on Boyd. Uh, I don't know, like it's been it's what been a, a long time. It was a gun, but I think Boyd really was. Ex- he was groomed and expected to be, instead of being just a key forward, to be a ruckman as well. If we had Boyd and English as a oh. as a double, t- like as a tag team in the ruck, that'd be fantastic. But we don't, so you don't. There's but- there's a problem there, and I think we are. I, I finally, finally, I wonder, not so much a list concern, but to go back to your kind of coaching and, and game style concern, yep. the midfield balance isn't quite right. I think there needs to be a ball. Someone like probably a Libba, probably Libba. He seems the most natural one to come into that role. But uh, when a Petraka or a Crips is getting off the leash, you got to send someone in there just to curtail it. Just yep. to curtail it, not necessarily to go. Sorry, we don't tag. tag anymore, though, Luke. Yeah, we don't Apparently tag. I heard it's called a cooler. They're called a cooler. Yeah, yeah. Tagging so when they're hot, the way of, uh, you cool them down. Got to cool them down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, but a a, a Libba a Libba type. Right, a bit of a ball who's going to go in there, at least make it difficult, make their life difficult, win a bit of the ball themselves because Libba wins his own ball just as yep. much. Uh, someone to play that role, I think, is the big one. Is I, I, I said it earlier as well. The biggest concern I still see is that the center bounce. Yep. That that yeah. is going to be the difference, I think, in 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 riding the ship and getting the dogs back to probably where they were last year or where they should be, where you'd expect they would be. So. If you had to give me a breakout, so if yep. we look back at the end of the season, yep, and we go, you know what? I had no idea of this bloke, but if I'd listened to our season preview, and Luke Parker told us about this, and I didn't believe him at yep. the time, but mate, the guy he knows his stuff. Who would you look at now, saying he's going to be the breakout? He'll be the doggies player that people are just going to go. I'm wrapped. That we have him. Got two. I got. I had two written down for this. Richards. Richards, because Richards hasn't had, he hasn't had an extended run of games for quite some time. Clearly, got a player on our hands there. Uh, Jeez, I think, he's good. I like him, and he, yeah. he's a straight liner too. Yeah, he pace, loves running. Yeah, just loves taking off. He's got the pace, good kick of the pill, good sense for it. I think he's. I think he needs to play off half back, and he is playing off half back now, which is probably it. Could be really good for him. Yep, I think. I think at the outset in his first run of games, he played more wing and half forward. Which still allowed him to show off some of those tools, but I think he is very naturally suited to the halfback flank. And Eugle Hagen is the other one yep. for mine, especially now. It's right there for him. May not play every game, but, but you know, it depends on how his body goes. Still quite young, and as we said, interrupted run up. You know, there's I, I, we haven't really seen a player who so obviously talented and rightfully a number one pick, but also didn't play. It, it wasn't so much didn't play football due to injury, but couldn't play football. Due to COVID shutdowns, so then also couldn't necessarily be in the programs. Couldn't be in the gym. You just got to play him. If you play him, him, he will deliver. I think he really will deliver. So Richard, he'll, he'll have a game. Him. He will have one of those games. He will tear a game up. A little bit like later. Max King on the weekend. Fremantle yep. game, kicks the four. Yep. They reckon that's okay. That's his that's his breakout game. Yep. Even oh, Norton Norton against Richmond a couple of years ago had exactly that, right. that game. You know, had the just that game we went. Oh yeah, no, he is the real deal at full forward. Uh, I think I think Eugle Hagen has one of those games in him, uh, which I would love to see. I mean, even yeah, against Carlton, he got involved even early. He had that beautiful snap out of the pocket, which yep. you, you know you don't see a lot from the bigger blokes. Uh, got involved plenty. Probably should have had a couple more goals. Gave you know should have been fed one. Gave up a mark to Dunkley. Uh, had another one where he marked it, but it was a Norton free kick, so Norton got the chocolates. Like 
Forwards what, what aren't greedy things? enough. It's too team oriented. If yeah. you're in 50, ping it yourself. I think, you know, I think that all the time. Your if, you're the an AFL, if you're an AFL forward, you should be able to back yourself in anywhere inside 50. That, exactly. That's always been my. Oh, ben on Simmons that. is needed, mate. Just have a crack. No, have a go. Have Sometimes a you got to. Sometimes you just got to have a crack. It's better than it's better than doing a handball chain at center half forward, which will just end in a stoppage or a turnover, anyways. At times, handballs. Uh, you, you, I've never seen in the entire history of the game, Luke, a goal kicked via a handball. Yeah, I look, I feed yeah. over the top, feed over the top kind of thing. Yeah, sure, but the handballing should be done up the ground. That's where yeah. you to open up the play to get a kick in forward. Even if you've got to play a bit of chaos ball, even bring it to ground. Just do you it. know, just sometimes do that's better than nothing. But those those would be my two, Richards and Eugle Hagen. Now, unfortunately, as long as we like talking about the great stuff, Bevo yep. will have to come down on somebody and yep. say, look, thank you. Thank you for your time. But um, all the best for your future endeavors. Who's yep. going to be the breakdown, whether it's chosen or body by the end of the season? All right. Uh, look, Martin. Martin yep. being, and, and no photos on, he's just old. 35. You know, it's one he's, more he's, for two hundred. One more for two hundred. One more. So hopefully he gets to two hundred. But I mean, look, I'd love it if he has a bit of a renaissance and suddenly plays every game and yeah, puts yeah. His, you know through a finals run in in good nick. Like body doesn't break down. Yep. Uh, I think a couple of players on the on the block like Shacky is probably yep. on the block a little bit. Uh, I do think Bevo rates him, but if he's not finding that form, not finding a role, that makes you wonder. You know, is he on the block? Uh I think Hunter, you know, knowing coming in, Hunter seemed to be a bit out of form. He wasn't going to play initially, but I, I would back him to regain it. Obviously, yep. I don't think he's on the block in any stretch of the imagination. That one just jumped out at me as a little bit. Of, oh, you kind of wouldn't expect that. Definitely not on the block, but you definitely back him to regain that. Ian, he's a BNF and Premiership player. Like, yeah, he's fine. He's got talent. I, I hate to say it. Wallace yep. is in no man's land. As we've talked, we'll wear about. black armbands if that happens. I tell you, uh, I it would be it'll be a sad day for sure. Uh, look beyond that, I don't think there are too many. There you aren't don't too have many, many like, list cloggers, do you? We don't really? have a lot of list cloggers. I think no. I think the dogs do have a lot of players that could come in and contribute at various levels. Uh, you'd probably be looking more at that point. You'd be looking more at your record reaches, like who hasn't cracked into the side, who hasn't really gotten a game. Uh I've made my thoughts pretty clear, pretty clear, but Gardner is a player I don't think. Personally, don't rate him. Don't think he should be getting that time at the AFL level. Maybe depth. I know the system quite well at this point, but... That's okay. He's only a rookie, be, so it doesn't matter. I'd be looking there. It's a, it's a hard thing. It, I, I know, I it's tough. That it's, You'll probably go to the local leagues, get paid two yeah. grand a game and dominate. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's a tough thing when you talk about your own players. Like, look, at the game, when you're in the heat of it, I'm like, yep, yeah, delist him. Don't, yeah. I've said that quite a few times. I'm like, nah, just delist him. I've, I've seen enough. But then when you try and talk about it from a more analytical standpoint, you go, well, you know, fact is they're, uh, they're playing AFL and I'm on a podcast. So Now, before, before we get into the, the last couple of bits where I want to find out where you think you're going to end up at the end of the mm. season, then we're going to have a look at it from a holistic level from the, the AFL perspective. We haven't, del- we haven't mentioned the Bont deliberately tonight because – like, yeah, I don't think there's really anything you need to say about that bloke. Like, he's no. your captain. He leads from the front. He almost won. An, he almost won a GF off his own boot last year. Yes. Uh, there's nothing more to say about this bloke, and I think that he can win another win another flag or get the elusive Brownlow. It's just going to take him to that next strap. Absolutely, um, I think he was unlucky not to win the Brownlow last year, and and outside of it being obviously being a Bulldog supporter. Yeah. I kind of looked at, you know, seeing Ollie Wines, when, especially grabbing into that late run of games where the Dogs did lose to Port Adelaide at one exactly. point. Yep. And, and Bont was pretty out of form. You kind of wonder, could've you happened. know, what could have happened. Like, one good game in there and he probably wins it. And then if the grand final goes a different way and the difference ends up being that run, like his run in that second quarter where the Dogs oh. kind of got out by four goals and the Dogs win by four goals, you sort of sit there and think, well, he's probably he's the, best the best player in the league. I, I honestly thought he was he was pretty much ever. yeah. He's, well, almost, I, he's almost at I, that. Uh, one, he needs one yeah, of those two, I think. One of those get, two. I said. Uh, I said to my dad, watch it while we were watching the game. I think I just after he kicked that third goal, I think I turned to kind of turned to him and said, like, this is this is him cementing himself as the best bulldog of all time, like hands down. If this is the story of this game, uh, like like I I I, I remember after the game then saying. It's so crazy to me that we just saw two of the best individual midfielder performances of all time, <laughs> and they happened game. in the same game, yeah, in the same game, and had such a dramatic 
I saw I saw a great tweet uh, during the Melbourne Dogs rematch, which was Melbourne and the Bulldogs are two sides that can play exceptional football, except they can't do it at the same time. For whatever you reason, you can't. these two sides play each other. Both will play have exceptional patches, but they just cannot do it at the same time. Like you can't. for whatever reason. So happens. look, Bond Bond just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Like there's the, you, what 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 could he do any differently or better? I think he he seems to be carrying a bit of a niggle at the moment, um, which I noticed against. He went down into the rooms against Melbourne. Um, that was an ankle. So I wonder if he's carrying a bit of a. Bit of a niggle there, but obviously, and, 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 and you really haven't had much of a run, have you? Because you've had a, no. a Wednesday, Thursday, a Wednesday and a Thursday, and another Thursday, another Thursday coming this week. He needs uh, he needs a few days off, the poor boy. Yeah, yeah, you think that, but but look, equally, you'd obviously back him to regain his form. He'll find it. He's too good not to. Can I ask you one last thing before we go into the league side of things? Absolutely. When, when you watch Collingwood and you see yep. what Patrick Lipinski's doing, yep, yep. Disappointed that you never kept him? No. Or, not, uh, well, or a little bit surprised not, by what he's rocked out so far? Disappointed so much. Look, I I think we I I think you ask any dogs fan. We we know what we had in Lipinski, and he's a great player. Uh I think two things two things ended up ended with Lipinski's move. And 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 bearing in mind that Lipinski grew up a Bulldog supporter, was at twenty sixteen. Uh would obviously would have been so incredibly stoked to be at the club that he went for. But uh I think number one, Lipinski is not a fast player. Yep. Uh, he, I think, I think his best games were games where his body caught up to his brain almost. Where, <laughs> like, which is a weird thing to say, right? Was the uh, Sam Frost syndrome. Yeah, Sam Frost syndrome a little bit. But, but what I mean more is, is that uh, when when Lipinski is decisive, because he's excellent with a pill in hand. When he's decisive, it really shows how good he is. But the other part is, is that Bevo's system relies on a lot of two-way running, especially in the midfield. Uh, you know, players coming back to help out, you know, setting up the ground, setting up the defense around the ground. I think yeah. Lipinski maybe struggled with that at times. And also, uh, the other thing is, he may just be a casualty of the Dogs' midfield. There are, there are, you know, you think of how many top-shelf players there are in sure. that midfield, like we listed before. Hard to break in. I think the and Dogs he couldn't do break have, in. He couldn't break in. And, and, like, he's one of those guys that would get, you know, they say, He'd get a game at seventeen other clubs, and he he is that guy as we're now yeah. seeing. He absolutely yeah. will get and a game. Good at on him. Good on him. Like he's, he's, he's taking his it. opportunity and yep. he's, flying. he's running with it. But we're, we're two weeks in. Let's just come two back weeks. Long season. Long season. Alrighty, Lukey baby, time to put the agates on the chopping board, my friend, because right. we are going to ask you some questions, not specifically related to the dogs. Actually, one last question for the dogs: Where are you going to oh, yeah. place yourselves by the end of the season? I mean, look, it's a rough start, uh, but I don't. I don't read as much into it as I think other people would. I think yep. the second half against Carlton showed that this this Bulldogs team is still there and they're still they're still quite a good outfit. Uh, I think look, top four is a must. Yep. At this point, that I think is a non-negotiable KPI, if you will. Yep. Because I think that the players and the coaches know they should have been there last year. Uh, you know, you could go as far to say top two if they really do think that they are as good, like that good, which they obviously look. Like, mm. And I don't mean this to be, I don't mean this in an insulting oh, you know, way, but it doesn't sound they believe at it. All. It's fact. But they, and they believe it. They, the playing group, I think, truly believe, which is a yep. beautiful, awesome thing. But if you truly believe it, you have to deliver on it sooner or later. So I think top four is a must. Top four? Uh, top four is a must? Yeah. Well, I've not, actually not got, you I've still they will. got you in for top four. Yeah, I'll, I'd say top four. I'm saying they will, but I think that they are, look, assuming they sort out these issues, then they are that good. Well, I you have a look at the first. They're that good. The top four teams had a month less than yes. the other teams. Now, less preparation got, as well. You've got less preparation. Get through that first month, and then you're going to get your league. You're going to get your C leagues. Yep. And, you're and as right. we said before, with Bruce knowing that Bruce is due back and McLean, two two best twenty two players being due back later in the season, being in a position to contend is is that's a, what a you want. definite. That's what you want. You know, uh, the dogs. Look, the dogs could win it from it from anywhere. And that, I, I don't think that's an arrogance. That's, again, kind of proven fact at this point. They won it from seventh, almost won it from sixth, fifth. What do we, fifth. No, sixth. No, sixth. Because they had the away games. So Sorry. sixth. Sixth in COVID protocols. Sixth in can't leave your hotel effort. room, have to travel. I mean, look. 
I, I look, they threw I, everything. They threw they everything, everything in that grand final. I, I do know, I can't remember if it was Bont or Bevo that said this, but it was kind of a secondhand thing, so I don't even know how true it is. But I, it was words to the effect of, you know, looking at the grand final, it wasn't necessarily lost in the grand final. It was lost when they missed top four. What, because it put them... Game? It put them on that run, and then they had to travel as far as yep. they did. COVID protocols yep. uh, that's going to have an impact, regardless. So, anyways, to get back to it, yeah, I, I think I think being in that position to contend is a definite. Top four is probably a pass mark at that point, as as they say in football. Yep. Uh, and like I said, they've proven that they've they've got that mental medal where they can contend from just about anywhere. So the grand finals aren't one in March. Let's be honest. Grand finals are not one in March. That grand is that is also March. very true. All right, my friend. Who is going to be the premier for twenty twenty two? Do I have to pick one? You can pick as many as you like. All right. I I when, when I I did know this question was coming, and I put down uh, the dogs, Brisbane, and Melbourne. Yep. Uh, obviously, before the season had started, that was my sort of top three. Yep. That was who Perfect. I thought is going to be in the picture. Like yep. who you could bet one of those teams is going to make the grand final, possibly. Yep. Uh, outside of that, uh. I mean, the premierships aren't won in March, right? But, you know, I could have said Port Adelaide will be in the window, but they don't look excellent. Carlton look fantastic, but again, it's March. And we don't have, we don't have an extended run. We need a body approved. We need a body approved. Two games, not a body approved. So, look, I, I still feel pretty comfortable backing in that sort of three teams that yeah. are definitely in the window. Yep. Brownlow medalist. Do you have a Brownlow medalist in mind? Right. Uh, and then I think another question on top of that as well. I think a couple of weeks ago, I think I said, I think I identified Max King. You did? That's a bit of a chance. I uh, don't know how that looks now. Uh, I think, look. Coleman, maybe. Yeah, you, you're thinking, I mean, look, I'd love it to be Norton, and I think he's capable. Yeah. Uh, if he gets the supply, if he ends up with a foil that's going to free him up and allow him to kick those goals. I mean, in round one, he kicked four on Stephen Mayne yeah. for, the, for the majority of the game. Like, he's still in that picture, even without exactly. it. What did he kick on the weekend? Two? Yeah. Uh, actually, Where I should double check that because I, I, I do have to admit. Oh, I watched five. The game He's actually in, kicked five. Sorry. So I got one. Five. So I, I did watch the game in drips and drabs uh, on Thursday. I do have to admit. I did the, uh, the Cardinal sin uh, yeah, where I had right. something else on. But uh, so is that, uh, look, I think uh, looking at, especially what we know now, Harry McKay is someone you include in that picture based purely on supply. Yep. Because he's, he, you know, he, he, gets, he gets these insane totals on supply. Uh, it comes in, he clunks him. Clunks the marks, kicks the goals. That's what your forward's got to do to win a Coleman, right? Yes, exactly uh, right. So there's that. And outside of that, I think it it starts to thin out a little. You start getting into the, or, you know, if, if it kind of comes off, if this happens, uh, you know, I mean, even Norton is kind of a case of that. So I think Coleman is a tough one this year. But you've probably got those three guys coming through. Look like they're, they're probably good for some pretty high totals. I actually should, I'm actually going to check the, the Coleman leaderboard real quick. I'll go for it. While you're doing that, oh, Brownlow, yeah. um, uh, the Melbourne Brisbane Port for the grand final or for, for premiers. Having oh, a look Nick at a Brownlow medalist, you're looking at who? I'll say no, Nick, Nick Lark. Nick Larky is leading the, oh, yeah. the common moment. Eight weekend. goals, four. How many did he kick on the weekend? Six. six. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Okay. Six against, Bag. six against, uh, the waffle. The waffle. Yeah. Six yeah. against, so that's probably inflated. That was a bit. Gunton. Still got to kick six. Oh. Still kick six. Hmm. Year twenty twenty two sold by right. So, yeah. So I mean, even looking at that, like Cripps has, Cripps has five. Hmm. Brent Brown has five. Norton has five. Danaher has six. Oh, Danaher, of course. That's the obvious one. I'm forgetting. That's the one. Yeah, that's the, that's the other one I'd add in there. Danaher, oh. obviously a chance. Beautiful. And last thing, Brownlow medal. Or co- uh, the AFL MVP Coaches yep. Award, which is more prestigious in your Ooh. eyes, or as the MVP AFL coaches take it over from you? At the risk of being accused of bias, considering the recent winners, I have always thought the Coaches Association, or especially in the last few years, I think the Coaches Association Award yep. carries a little bit more weight, and the Players Association one as well, being yes. in that. You know, they're seeing the game through very different eyes. They see footage that we don't ever see. They have camera, they have access to camera feeds that we'll never see. They look at KPIs and stats much deeper than your average person. And I think that, like, let's be re- being realistic about the Brownlow. It's a midfielder's award, and it has been for yep. decades. 
It has. Uh, I think the last one, we, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, I think the last one to win it was Scott Wind. I mean, the Wind, last yeah. non-genuine well, midfielder to win even it. Even to think of a, even to think of Bulldogs again, Chris Grant missed oh, it, robbed. you know, back-to-back years. Robs, right? Fucking Ian Collins. But, you know, so, so there you go. Again, it, it could be accused of dogs' homerism, but I swear it's backed up by the facts there. Yeah, you know Grant probably the last one to be in the picture. Uh, but it is a midfielders award, you know. Even and and like like we spoke about before with Bonsatelli and Wines, there are things that influence that. You know, do you put more weight on a number of possessions or the effectiveness of those possessions? Oh, effectiveness. Is, is a Bont? That's the thing. But do the umpires there? Is a Bonsatelli twenty touches worth as much as a Wines thirty-five? Probably not. No. Should, I believe they we shouldn't get the stats. Uh, it's it's a hard thing, and and you know. Umpires being based, but they are obviously quite close to stoppages. So, for me, that's that's where I weigh in. I look at coaches' association awards uh, and sort of the players' MVP awards as a here's what the people who actually do this think is for most living. important yep. for a living. This is what they identify as the most value to a team. That said, the Brownlow is still a prestigious award. I had I had Petraka, Bontepelli, and Walsh put down as my kind of bigger contenders. Uh, Walsh, Walsh being in there, me thinking that he doesn't have, he he might he might get it on the back of not having a lot of competition in his side. Does that make sense? Some players, <laughs> yeah. But, but now knowing one. what we know, Jack Steele's another one who's Steel. similar to that round. Steel. Yeah, yeah. Knowing what we know now, this is I, I did come up with these a couple of weeks ago before the season had started. Knowing what yep. we know now, with Chera coming on quite well, I thought he might start a little slow, but he's come on. He didn't play this week, but he's come on well. Cripps is. Two games, obviously not a huge body of evidence, but Cripps is looking like he's moving better than he has for a very long time. Uh, yeah. And you're going to get play. And, and the thing, the crazy thing about a Brownlow, any end of season award is it's a long season, 23 weeks, you know, or 25 weeks in total. Yeah, win them in the first week. Yeah, win them in the first two weeks. Week and it's things happening. change. Some guys have exactly their right. big year. Someone, the penny drops and suddenly they're <laughs> away. So, but I think, look, I think Tracker and, and Bon are probably your big two. They're, Probably and far and away the best two midfielders. And midfielders and they're kicking goals. And Kick that's, goal, that's, yeah. a, that's a recipe Damaging. for disaster for um, anybody else as well too. Mr. Parker, you are an absolute gun. Thank you, absolute start. Now, if people want to find out more about you or or hear about you and the doggies, et cetera, mm. can they find more about you, whether it's podcasts, yeah. whether it's websites, whether it's Reddit, you tell me. Spruik yourself. You've got you've got twenty you got twenty five words or less to spruik yourself. Let right. everybody know about where can I find more about Luke Parker. If you want to know, you don't know. You know the thoughts who I am. I'm uh, at stash fifty two on Twitter. Yep. Uh, I'm nobody asked for this on Instagram. As all as one word. Uh, also, I have a a podcast of my own is coming out of hiatus finally. Yep. So check out the Yarra Underground on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify. That's where you'll find me. Well, I'll put all about. of those. I'll put all of those in the show notes. So Excellent. if people want to find out more about yeah. you, that's where they can go too. So, so yeah, over on the Arrow Underground, it's all about uh, it's all about Australia's arts and artists. Where yeah. I sit down and interview, you know, everyone from musicians to the CEO of a theatre company, visual artists, uh, just about uh, not only themselves and their own art, but the the beautiful culture of the city that we live in. Can't you do? What, what, cannot, what cannot you do, Mr. Luke Parker? Ladies and gentlemen, man. boys and girls, Western Bulldogs supporters, all our Lace Outlaws, that is your 2022 Western Bulldogs season preview. And I was a bit later than normal. Been a bit of a rough start, but I think it can only go up from there. So before we finish up, Mr. Luke Parker, I have one question and one question. It's simply this. How do you... Want your footy. Lace out. That's how we want the Western Bulldogs to Norton every single week. Khan dogs. Khan dogs. Beat it to him. Beat him. And to everybody who's been listening to our season previews, thank you very, very much. The feedback has been outstanding, and it's because of people like Luke and all the rest of our entire uh, group. I can't do it without you. So have a great year. Go, dogs. And remember, tune into us every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on the Lace Out Facebook page or Spotify iTunes podcast, Apple podcast, or you're all your uh, good people. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Place Out. Head over to iTunes and Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. 
And remember, join us every single Tuesday night, 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, on our Facebook page with yours truly, Christopher Pepper, and the co-host with the most, Jamie Wallace, giving you your footy how you want it, face out.